I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, I'm Alex Hoban, winner of Series 1 of Channel 4's The Circle, and this is Dishonest Fun the official Circle podcast. Each episode, we indulge in some dishonest fun with a panel of celebrities, comedians and experts as we explore the light and the shade of human interaction. Spoiler alert, if you haven't been watching season three of The Circle, what are you doing? Make sure you go and watch it on all four first before we give the whole game away. We are nearly a week into this season. Groups are forming left, right and centre. So today we're talking about tribes. What is a tribe and how do you get in one? From WhatsApp groups to Twitter stands, today we're looking at what brings people together. Hoping to form a strong team bond today, we have returning celeb circler and boy band member from Blue. It's Duncan James. Welcome back. Thank you. Thanks for having um, me again. We've got season two circler and absolute circle goddess, LMA. How are you doing? Hi, yeah. I am all gravy. How are you? Good, thank you. And we've got the resident neuroscientist, Ashram Pura. Welcome back. Good to be here. So, guys, we kick off every podcast the same, but today I'm going to put a little spin on it. Um, you'll be relieved to know, Duncan, after the last one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've got a game where you guys are going to give me the weirdest and most niche group you've ever been a part of, whatever that may be. It could be a Facebook group from back in the day, a members-only website, wink, wink, or a real-life <laughs> fan club. Uh, the weirdest answer will win. Ella, take it away. Okay, this is pretty weird. I'm allowed to have started this group. Yeah, yeah for sure. Okay, just go with me here. It's right. Friday morning, grape choking. Do you want any context to that? Or did, Okay, did you say grape choking? Yeah, which sounds sexual, but it isn't. Um, it was actually... <laughs> should I give context or maybe yes. just leave it? Yes, please. Yes, please. Um, yeah, so I was at work once a wee while ago, back in the day, and I was really bored and I was snacking on grapes on a Friday morning. And I came up with this game which was like, who can pretend to choke on the grape the best? So like the most theatric, dramatic sound effects rolling on the floor. And I did it with a mate and then loads of colleagues were like, this actually looks really fun. So we started this group called the Friday Morning Grape Choking. 
and we did it every Friday and it was a riot, I tell you. I, uh, could you please give us an example, Ella? Should I do it? Yeah. Okay, I need to pretend to choke on a grape though. So you've got to be talking and then you go... <laughs> That's very persuasive. I would definitely have given it's you the, the best Heimlich. fun, and people went wild. Like we got like the whole office involved, and it makes me sound like I'm absolutely mental. But you know, it passed That's the time, so good. and That's it was so fun. Good. I, I mean, I'm kind of tempted to get everyone to pretend to choke on a grape now, but Can it's we just putting do people it? under pressure. <laughs> um, Duncan, what's the weirdest group that you've ever been a part of? Uh, it's called Blue. You know, there's there's weird members like Lee Ryan who's just yeah. odd. Uh, yeah, there's enough said about that. And then of course you've got Mr. Costa, who's just he's just weird. And then, and then Mr. Webb, who's kind of like a cool weird. So in general, and me, of course, it's just a very weird group to be a part of. And and travel the world with at times and yeah. perform with. Um, Ash, give us give us your weird weird. Uh, I'm so embarrassed group. by mine. Now that I've heard, they've got really good stories, and mine is just really stupid. But I, um, do you guys remember Atari computers? Like yes. from ages ago, video game machines. Yes, Atari. Okay, okay. for a, for about five oh. minutes in human history, Atari made like actual computers in the early days of computers. And I was I was in a group um, called MVase, which was the Miami Valley Atari computer enthusiasts. In Ohio, and we we actually had this is so embarrassing. We had shirts and a little logo with a little ace on it, yeah. and uh, yeah, and we would get together. I was I was a little kid. I mean, I was you know I was sort of fourteen, maybe younger than that, and I would carry the computer under my arms and my mom refused <laughs> to take me so I would sort of get the school bus and I'd get to the thing and like every weekend we would get it was it was the big it was that. it was even geekier than I can see you're all imagining right now it was that and worse I would not expect anything less from a neuroscientist. Yeah. We even so went. Awesome. We even went to a convention. <laughs> we went to a convention in Washington, no, in Washington D.C. with all of the other Atari computer enthusiasts in America. All, all sort of s- seven of the other ones who were into it. <laughs> I was say, yeah, and I'm all eight it. of us got together. It was a great time. Yeah, it was good. Okay, so all of you have amazing facts, but the weirdest one has got to be the grape choking. Um, <laughs> you actually were very convincing in your depiction as well, so you clearly are very experienced in it. So anyway, guys, we're talking about tribes today, and I wanted to start with you, Ash, and, and in the first episode of Dishonest Fun, um, the psychologist Alex Krotowski spoke to us about how first impressions are really important because they allow us to identify who's part of our tribe. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, like, why humans so tribal? Yeah, I mean, I think that the... Uh, so, so first of all, forming tribes is something that we do just absolutely spontaneously. There's a thing called the, the minimal group phenomenon. It's the idea that if you, if, if you have a bunch of people walk in um, a, a building and you just number everyone as they come in, so you're one, you're two, you're three, you're four, and you just say, okay, odd, odd people on one side, even people on the other, suddenly people will identify that it really matters that I'm in the odd group. Or like my son's in school, it, there's a red, blue, a red group and a blue group, and it's really important to him whether he's in the red group or the blue group so i think we we form tribes absolutely spontaneously on the basis of it doesn't even take a bit it could be on the basis of anything and i think that the reason we do it is that it's really it's 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 kind of critical to our survival you know as humans we have to work together and we when we take a collective action you've got to trust the people you're taking an action with 
So you sort of form a tribe as a way of sometimes you, you, you know, you, um, you give up your own individual interests in favor of the group and you'll only do that if you're a member of a tribe. So mm. I, I think that's probably a, a big reason. I mean, yeah, I think it reminds me of like being picked for the football team at school <laughs> and how you had to feel like you wanted to be on that. If you were left at the end, you're like, I'm, I'm devastated. <laughs> yeah. Um, Duncan, Blue has sold over 15 million records worldwide. So you've got a very loyal fan base. Um, what was that tribe like? And, and do you have any crazy fan stories that you can tell us? It's quite interesting, actually, because uh, we used to call them the Blue Army. Uh, they were like our, our tribe, the Blue Army. Uh, they even had their own little website and they used to like followers and we used to, they even set up like a fan club and all sorts. It was lovely, actually. And the most surreal, I think, the way it grew for us in Italy was there was this great big um, square in Milan. Uh, I can't think of the name of it right now, but there they had a, a film studio up there uh, for MTV. And we used to have to go up into this film studio and walk out onto the balcony overlooking this uh, this square in Milan. And all the fans would be there. And I remember the first time we went there, there was probably about maybe 15, 16 fans outside with little banners when we walked out onto the onto the balcony. And we thought, oh my God, that's really cute. We've got like some little Italian fans. And then we came back like a year later and we walked out onto the balcony and the whole square was full Amazing. of fans and we just walked out and we were like I feel like I feel like Madonna or Evita do you know what I mean when she was in Evita when you just walk out to the balcony it was the most surrealist thing ever and you just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people just screaming and waving your banner it was the most surreal thing I've ever seen in my life it was it's crazy music's amazing how it can like bring people together and make them feel part of something like that. Yeah. I mean, 15 million people have bought your record and they probably all feel some affiliation to you like those people did in Milan in the square at that time. Yeah, it um, was honestly one of the most most incredible feelings. It was, again, another pinch yourself moment. It, it was just, it was surreal. Mm. I think if I went to Italy now and stood in there, I probably wouldn't get any fans. From yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, there's even like a tribe a tribe form, formed on this podcast. Sorry, Ash, that you're left out, but three of us have been on the circle. So we know, we know <laughs> yeah. like the magic of the circle and the people and the people that work on it and the after parties and all of that stuff we know the kind of vibe there um ellie on your series of the circle series two you you essentially uh were the victim of a tribal move by a group of people and were voted off by a tribe yeah and so so just to put it into context there was a group formed in the circle by James who was playing a single mum, Sammy. And um, so he was catfishing. And then he roped in Georgina and Paddy to form this like gang. And they worked together to essentially try and win the show and vote people out. And Ella, unfortunately, was the first victim mm. of that. Talk to us about that. Talk to us about the circle of trust. I, at the time and still now, like I'm not resentful for it at all because... The only time I'm angry is if someone's doing something that they shouldn't have or if I've done something wrong. And ultimately, mm. they were playing a great game, so that's fine, you know, good on them. And I wouldn't have changed anything. Like I, If I could redo it, I wouldn't have done it differently. I think I was quite trusting. And I'm not... Although I have, like, a tribe of friends um, and you obviously fall into, like, the surface-level tribes, like, I like Harry Potter, I support <laughs> Chelsea, you know, all those, like, we all actually right. But, like, you know... Um, I am quite a kind of independent person who likes to dot around and make friends here and there and like meet different kinds of people and not feel like I'm in an echo chamber. 
And I was having the absolute time of my life being like, this surely is the worst TV ever if it's just <laughs> loads of people making friends. Yeah. So I was always in the back of my head, like, I'm not, you know, stupid. I had like this huge gut feeling like this is just, this surely isn't what everyone's doing. And I kept thinking, like, who are these people? And I was quite mm. shy, I guess, in the catfish. And I, I wasn't really that bothered, if you, even if you were one. But, um, it definitely something didn't feel right mm. and again I don't regret it honestly it's it's not really in a funny way because I was a victim on reality tv it's actually served me really well in yeah, the outside yeah. world because people love if you come across well you know people aren't mean to you mm. because you know what I mean they feel sorry for, I don't know what it is but they are really lovely whereas I know that for people who were in the circle of trust it's not been as yeah. easy as that it's interesting um, that bit and also I know it's a game show and obviously I would have liked to have won the money I mean I'm not crazy but I wasn't there to win the money mm. and I it doesn't take away from my experience like I got really far I was really proud I made some like great mates I think the the only thing that for me really like Ooh, freaks me out was when we had that there was this final chat when you're about to be blocked you go into a chat and it's usually pretty nice it's like you did so well love you should be really proud of yourself like if anyone goes like love you and it's all really like nice and happy and sweet um and I remember Sammy or James was like oh I'm just thinking of Charlie and his cot and like yeah. you know and it was just like it got when I realised it afterwards, I was like, fuck, this is like, it's a bit of a mind this bend, is hardcore. And, I, and it like really makes you overthink it. Um, yeah. But I do, I really got on with, I mean, I still call him Sammy because I just don't know him any other way. But I still get on with James forward slash Sammy. <laughs> What's the nicest community you guys have been a part of? So we'll start with you, Ash. And obviously you're a Tari background, but is there anything else maybe in your career or something? Well, I, I think, you know, I used to work in the emergency room a lot, A&E in the hospital, and I loved it. And it's because it is really, that is very tribal. It's a really difficult thing to work in A&E. You've got paramedics, you've got nurses, you've got staff coming in, you've got secretaries. It's a very fast, fast moving environment. And people really depend on each other to do their job well. And it's the nicest feeling. I mean, actually, like when I think about my, my clinical work, you know, it, it's great to be a part of a team that functions like that. And, and so, uh, yeah, that, that was the most fun. And you feel mm. really energized with those people. Like you can go a 12, 14, 16 hour shift and you're just kind of pumped to be with them. So, yeah, I, I love that. Yeah, it was great. That was great fun. So inspirational to hear that. Um, and so I'm going to throw you under the bus here, Ella. Ella is a massive yeah. blue fan, Duncan. Yeah. And um, really? I just want to know, yeah, have you ever been day. part of a blue community, Ella? You know what? <laughs> I'm throwing back. Babe, you have no idea. I found this hilarious. I actually messaged Alex being like, surely not. This feels this feels like you've done this on purpose for tribes. <laughs> um, no, you and Busted were like my jam. Oh. And like that was the closest... I've never been, obviously, as I've grown up, I think there's something about prepubescent girls. They just like, I don't know what it is, man. It's the same with like One Direction and I don't, you know, but like they all, it's like this weird thing. I mean, you and Busted, I have like t-shirts. <laughs> 
I it love was that. the glory days. That's so sweet. At oh, primary school, just bopping to blue, like which is just very full circle. Excuse the pun. Being being famous, Duncan, like to the extent that you guys are and were. Um, do you find it harder to find your tribe because of people's perhaps alternate incentives to being friendly with you, or you see what I mean? Yeah, I, I tell you what. I mean, I've I've. Oof. I went through a stage of being really trusting and really open and um, honest with lots of people and and taking people what they said on face value. And then I realised, actually, you can't do that in this industry. And then I went through a stage of being really not wanting to trust anybody. And I had a few things happen to me over the years where I felt like people had shitted on me, people that I thought were really good friends, people that I thought were part of my tribe. And you just think, wow, they really weren't. And I made such a bad judgment. And then you go into a stage of being a little bit more occlusive and handpick your tribe. Mm. And now I'm, I'm 42 years old and I'm, I, I stick with the handful of people that I know I, and know and trust. And those people are, I guess, my, 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 my proper tribe, you know, my, my people. I think, you know, Duncan, Duncan's bringing up something really, really interesting, which is that when you're in a tribe, like you, you asked at the beginning, like why do, why do humans form tribes? And one of the reasons is, is for trust. Because when Duncan forms a tribe of friends and, you know, you trust them and you mm. sort of think because they're in the tribe, you no longer, you've already decided whether they're in the tribe or not. You've put in the time to make that decision. Once they're in, you sort of think, I no longer need to go, go on checking whether to trust them. And then when someone violates that trust, it is so unbelievably painful. When when your expectations about your tribe are violated, I think that is really, it really cuts. And I think this is why we have tribes, though. So we can completely let our guard down and we sort of know, we know we can predict what someone's going to do because they're in the group. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
Let's check in with what our lovely Season 3 Circle players are up to with a clip of the Giza gals, a.k.a. Tally and Manrika, trying to suss out new arrival Dorothy, a.k.a. Scott. We've edited this clip together and we're going to have a listen and see what they're up to. Tally has invited you to a private chat. My gal, I'm here for it. Circle message. Hey, my gorgeous Giza gal. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the newbies, question mark. I know old people better than anyone from my work. I can't help but be spectacled about old dot. Do you know what? I can't, I can't help but think the same thing. Message. Hey girl, I'm so glad you started this chat with me. I'm literally on the same page as you. Laughing face emoji. Brackets, great minds. Her bio seems a bit easy. I think we need to get to know her a bit better first. Shall we invite her into our chat? Let's do this and add her in. Tally has invited you to a group chat. Oh, okay. Oh, Tally Ho, let's go. Circle message. I saw that you retired and I'm dying to know what you did before. Love heart emoji send. My nan actually worked for the Ministry of Defence, which is quite interesting. And it's also quite believable because no one could make that up. So message Tally, I used to work for the MOD, comma. It was a fascinating job, but very secretive. Full stop, send. She's a catfish. I'm gutted that she's not real. I feel like Tally no for a fact. She's chatting shit. My opinion on Dorothy has changed a little bit after talking to her. I definitely feel more inclined to think that she is actually an 85-year-old lady. We've got two people who think they're part of the same tribe and they've they've made this tribe the geezer gals and think they're thinking the same, but then when they're talking in reality they're actually thinking very separate things. I mean, I think it's a really, really interesting clip because one of the things, you know, like we were saying, one of the things that you get from a tribe is the ability to predict what someone else will be thinking and what someone else will do. That's that's kind of one of the signifiers of the tribe. And it's really, it's interesting how, so, you know, very often we're, we're wrong about that. We're, and maybe we're not wrong about membership in the tribe. We're kind of wrong about what it means to be a member of the tribe. So, you know, and, and I, there's an idea in, in neuroscience called, um, well, it's called social metacognition. It's the idea that you could know what someone else is thinking. So, you, you know, metacognition is knowing what you're thinking, and then social metacognition is knowing what someone else is thinking. Wow. And so being in a tribe is kind of a shortcut to that. So if you tell me that you're, you know, whatever, an Atari computer enthusiast. Like, maybe I, I kind of know some of the things you think about. I know some of your values. I, I, and I can predict what you might do in a novel situation, but it only goes so far. And when, when we're wrong, um, it can be kind of jarring, I think. I guess a question from that clip is, is joining up with others a good way of winning the circle? Because in my opinion, it's not. There's only going to be one winner. Um, and sometimes... Obviously, you've got to use people to get there in the end, but it doesn't seem to be a good strategy from my experience. Duncan, what do you think? I, you know, I can only talk about my my time in the circle, which wasn't too long. But um, I I had the mindset of wanting to try to do the the, the group chats um, and befriend that person and try to become as nice as possible. So they build up trust with me, they like me, and they will save me. Um, but it didn't really work that way. Um, and then, of course, everybody is is analyzing everything you write. So there's always a message behind the message. Um, and so you might think that you're writing something that you think you're coming from, you're being genuine and you're actually being truthful, but that person might 
read it as oh no this is definitely a catfish mm. so it's it's just so weird and i think when you've been in the circle it even a dot 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 you just start analyzing a bloody dot 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 and it's the most craziest thing ever it's like oh my god they wrote dot 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 what does that mean what does it mean why do they i don't understand the dot 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 and you just start honestly and you just spend hours in your own head it's just so weird it's and i came out of the show and i was just like it's the most insane show i've ever been a part of but what a brilliant show what an amazing Amazing experiment it's such a such a clever clever show Mm. a mind game you know, it's just, it's it's incredible. I was just blown away by it. It seems on the circle, and, and we obviously we're coming towards the end now, but it seems like on the circle, people regress into this basic way of thinking about boy and girl splits, because it's a common theme across every, it's like, girls got to stick together. We've got a lads chat. Mm. What's your thoughts, Ash, on sort of the gender tribes that people find? I mean, basically, I think that people sort themselves into tribes in the easiest way at first. And gender is a very obvious way. Race is a very obvious way. Maybe age, maybe nationality. But um, these things don't last very long. Like the, these these immediate splits when people come in. Uh, so that's like, every, you know, we, we have such a strong tendency to want to be in a tribe. That like, so we do the first thing when you come in the door. And then as things evolve and you develop kind of a kinship relationship, like you, you feel understood by someone then that trumps mm. all of this other stuff. But yeah, like yeah. You, you, you start somewhere, you know? And so I just think that the way people look is sort of the first thing that you start with. Ella, I saw you shaking your head. Give me, yeah. give me your view. I just, I've always, regardless of the circle, I've hated mm. this, this gender normative thing that people do. I hate it because one, it's, it just feeds into that gender stereotype. The lads chat, you know, let's go think some birds, drink some pies, drink, blah, blah. like it's just so, like, no, do you know what I mean? It's like a caricature of like a man. Mm. Whereas as women as well, it's like this assumption that they like beauty and this and all we talk about is boys. And it's just not true. Like women and men can be very multifaceted. Like I've, you know, I never wanted to be associated with any gender because I like, I like football and I like this, but I also mm. like this and I'm not like, a, a stereotypical woman who wants to be pigeonholed as such. Mm. But I that's why I just, I do find it really frustrating. I hate it in my real life and I hated it on the circle mm. because... I, well, I mean, I hated it because... Fish, there's actually nothing there. You're yeah. just like writhing a stereotype. I ended up in these chats about snatching eyebrows and little mix. <laughs> and I was like, okay, guys, like, seriously, this isn't what women talk about because I know I've been around my girlfriend. She doesn't have yeah. these conversations. They're like, oh, what do you think of the boys? And little... And I'm like, you're trying to stitch me up here. Um, Duncan, what do you think? It's, it's really interesting what Ali was saying. You know, um, I think we, we are programmed, especially in my day when I was mm. at school, for instance, I was never a lad's lad. I hated football. Mm. And I used to be in fear because I didn't want people to like bully me because they thought I was gay or whatever. And at that age, I probably didn't understand my sexuality then, but I just Mm. knew that I was probably more effeminate than I was more um, masculine. You know, I'd rather hang out with the girls in the lunch break than I would going and playing football with the boys. And I think as a kid, you just kind of, you just want to fit in with with a group don't you? you want to be accepted somewhere but of course then the boys used to hate on me and call me mm. call me all sorts of names and bully me and then you you know you go through your kind of adult life carrying a lot of that baggage that you had from when you sure. were a child and then you kind of feel a bit like especially I did when I got into blue 
you know, I was so, I didn't want to come out because I was frightened to come out because I had that fear that was installed in me from when I was a kid at school. You know, what are people going to say if, if, if they know actually the truth? And it's so strange because eventually when I took that leap of faith and I did come out and I did say, you know, hey, um, I'm, I'm gay. The relief that came off it. I and bet. I just felt all of a sudden then... I just then fitted in and I found my tribe and I was like, Amazing. okay. And I found so many people coming up to me, other people, uh, celebrities and stuff who, who also were in the LGBTQ plus community were, were supporting me and showing me love. And then I felt, oh, actually, I have now found my place and it doesn't matter if I like football or or if I like going to have facials, it doesn't matter. Sure. Do you know what I mean? That's and, an incredible story. Like it's yeah. so nice yeah. to hear. It's like really inspirational. And if anyone out there's worried about finding their tribe and just go for it, that's what I would say. There's always a tribe for you. That's for damn sure. <laughs> Even if you don't think there is one and your like upbringing might make you think like Duncan, that you have to fit in a certain tribe. Mm. If you have that bravery of like stepping outside mm. of it and gaining your own independence and self-worth there's a tribe for you baby that's 100 sure. and if yes. and if you can't find one come and join the dishonest fun tribe because we'll have you and we <laughs> love you open arms always open forever. arms baby yes. yes i think one of the key things when you talk about finding your tribe is that you find your tribe you don't change yourself to fit into a tribe you mm-hmm. find a resonance with other people um And so there's something about you that already does fit in a tribe. And I think Ella said that really beautifully, that there is a tribe. There is a tribe for everyone. There are probably many tribes that everybody fits into, but it's a matter of finding them and not kind of becoming them. Yeah, that's awesome. That's 100%. If you're listening to this podcast today and you're actually not sure what tribe you fit into, if you don't understand or you're not, you just don't know where you fit into, just keep shining bright and your tribe will find you. That's like, I love that, like that. Jesus! <laughs> it just feels—I feel so warm inside, <laughs> Duncan. You are impeccable. You're yeah. like a man of wisdom, King Dunk. Okay, guys, that's all we've got time for today. Unfortunately, I'd love to keep speaking with you guys, who I feel like are my tribe at the moment. Aww. Thank you so much, Ella, Duncan, and Ash. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you guys on. You all rock. Thanks so much, love Alex. It was really nice to spend time with you guys. Thank you so much for joining me on Dishonest Fun, the official Circle podcast. New episodes will be dropping on you like Circle Alerts. So to keep updated, make sure you subscribe and let us know if you're enjoying it by leaving us a review. We'd really appreciate that. Of course, the rest of the Circle Series 3 is going out on Channel 4 all this week. And the next time I see you, we'll be exploring something which I have a lot of experience in. It's catfishing. Thanks, guys. See you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.